Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I am a licensed psychologist and it is time for the tea. Tea Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. So hey everyone, here we are on Wednesday, Wellness Wednesday, Wonderful Wednesday, however you want to look at it in this month of August, which is happiness happens month. So this month we have been talking about things that can make us happy or interfere with our happiness. So of course, one of the things that interferes with happiness is our ability to make decisions. So sometimes we make these great decisions, right? You end up getting a good buy on a home. You end up making a great sale at work. You end up getting that project taken care of early and didn't wait till the last minute to do it this time. Or maybe it's you made a good investment in a property and it turned around and it paid off. Or you were able to accomplish that task you've been working really hard to achieve an educational goal or a financial goal or a relationship goal and you did it. A weight goal and you're thinking, hey, I'm rocking. Then on the other side of that, we end up where we don't make good decisions. You all know the kind of decisions I'm talking about. The ones where you say to yourself, now I am not going to do this again. I'm not going to deal with this person again. I already know who they are and how they are. They are the same every single time. I am not going to get involved with them, reach out to them, try to get support from them. Then I find myself right back and I ask myself, now why do you keep doing that? Or I say to myself, I'm not going to run up these credit cards again. I get everything paid off. I'm out of debt. I am not going to continue to be in this pattern of me owing people money. Then what do I do? I run those cards right back up. I get in some more debt. Or I say, I'm not going to be impulsive in my decision making. I'm going to think things through this time and not rush and jump into something. And then I rush and I jump right into something again. And, you know, I keep saying to myself, why do you keep doing this? Why are you making these decisions over and over again, knowing the results are not going to be positive? What is wrong with me? So that's where the topic came from today. Why do I keep doing this? Getting stuck in destructive patterns. Now, this is a hard one because I know that all of us struggle at times with being repetitive in patterns that aren't healthy. And so it can be difficult to take that really tough look at yourself and why you are continuing to show up for yourself in ways that are not healthy. And one of the things that contributes to that is willpower. You've heard willpower talked about in a lot of different ways. Some people say self-control. Some people say discipline, but essentially what is the thing that gives me some kind of cognitive restraint where I am able to make a better decision, even if I am tempted to do something otherwise. So it is our ability to be able to control our behaviors and avoid temptations, because as we know, temptations are out there. Just try and do something where you have to really restrict yourself, whether that's eating something or being with someone or spending money, 
when you are in this pattern of restriction, there always comes this time. At first, you're motivated, you do well. This is why we always have such great success with those New Year's resolutions in that first week. By week three, the struggle is real. Half of us have already fallen out of the battle because those temptations pop up and we have such a hard time giving in to them. Well, we may give in to them and say, hey, I'm going to get back on track. However, I don't end up being able to be consistent with staying on track. And willpower is emotional. It's impulsive. Um, it is about urges. It's also about being able to really think about consequences. But when the impulse part of us takes over, that's when we really have that difficulty being able to not give in to those momentary desires. We act on them like I just, it's almost like you got to scratch that itch. Like, oh, I got to scratch it. I got to scratch it. Remember when you had chicken pox and they said, don't scratch it, you'll leave bruises. And as soon as somebody left, you trying to figure out a way to scratch uh, so you can get that relief. That's sometimes what, ha what is happening with us when we have these urges. It's, it's almost as if it overcomes us and we just don't quite feel like we have the ability to say no. So there are two parts of our willpower. There's that impulsive, urge, emotional part. And then the other part of it is that rational, thoughtful, thinking about those consequences, able to really take a step back and think about our actions before we engage part of us. Some of you may say it is the, uh, you'll see in the cartoons, the angel on one shoulder and the devil of, on the other, or you'll hear, you'll hear me say sometimes, the front part of the brain is where your executive functioning, your logic, your reasoning are. The back part of the brain is where your impulse is. And so as our babies are still growing and developing, they're very impulsive because the front part of their brain is still developing. It's still developing into our mid-20s. And so that's why we often don't make some of the best decisions when we're younger. And when you get older, you're like, Ugh, I was not thinking very clearly when I did that. Well, willpower is the same way. It's a, a function of that as well. And there is believed to be a genetic component to willpower. So some of us actually are born with a bit more self-control. So you'll hear people say, you don't have any willpower. Why don't you have any willpower? Get your self-control together. And you'll hear other people say, like, I try and I really do struggle. And that is not to give us an excuse, but it is to help us understand. Because the other thing about willpower is while one part of it is believed to be genetic, there is another part of it that is believed to be taught. That's probably most things, right? There's an environmental component. So, hey, I, what can I do to address this? And then what I was born with. And we have no control over what we were born with, but we do have a control over our ability to figure out some things to, we can put in place to improve it. So what can we do? Well, first of all, I think it's important for us to really fully understand how these factors go together. The things that make up willpower, the, the things that affect our self-control. Let's talk a little bit about that. If you are using your willpower really intensely, so we think about this a lot of times when we have a weight loss goal and so we have to make some changes in how we eat or maybe you just found out you were diabetic or you've been a diabetic and you haven't been following those guidelines and now it's causing you some problems and you've got to tighten up, right? So whatever it may be where something causes me to have to make changes in how I eat because we, we have addictions to food, often sugar, um, carbs, uh, are the things we really crave junk, uh, then when I'm trying to make those changes and so I'm working really, really hard. So I'm using a lot of that willpower to resist the urge to eat these things that I'm used to eating, then I can burn my willpower up. So it is like if you are speeding, you get some gas, you're speeding, you'll find that you run through your gas faster 
right? Versus if you're going a little slower uh, or you're pulling something with you, right? So if you've ever had to pull a, 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 a U-Haul behind you or you've had a U-Haul truck um, and you're trying to drive, you realize these suckers eat up gas because they're carrying so much weight. Same is true for our willpower, our self-control. We are working so hard that we're burning it up. So when I'm really overly focused, I've talked about in a previous episode, over controlled and under controlled and why we vacillate so much in between is because I'm putting so much effort out to try to restrain myself that I burn it up. So by the end of the day, I'm worn out. I don't have any more. So I don't have it to use for other things that I need to, to use it for. Another thing is sometimes we're ending up in situations where I'm trying to make a change in a behavior. So, all right, I know this pattern that I'm engaging in is self-destructive, but I haven't found things to replace it with. So, you know, when you're trying to go back to that example of, of making changes in eating. So I know if I'm making changes in eating and I no longer have access to the foods that, or I'm not supposed to, oftentimes we still have them in the house, which is why we have a hard time being able to practice that self-control. So let's say I'm supposed to be, uh, and I say this in pain, cutting back on my eating of chips. If I say that I need to cut back on my eating of chips, but all I have is chips in the house and I don't have replacements for those chips, then I'm not going to be able to successfully manage this self-control issue because I have this thing readily available that is a temptation for me. And this is why we struggle in relationships with people whether it's people in your family of origin or it's people that you've been in relationships with, intimate, personal relationships, dating, romantic relationships, or your, your relationship with that shopping and that, and that card or overextending your budget is because the temptations are still present and I don't have any other skills, any other things to do instead when I feel tempted. We boredom eat, we boredom shop, we boredom get with folks that are not healthy for us. And because I'm lonely or bored or um, for, for some of us, we get into this um, place of where we haven't dealt with our emotions. So I may be dealing with loneliness or disappointment or whatever it may be. And so I'm reaching out to this thing that I'm used to using as a coping mechanism. And so that's why I keep falling back into this same pattern with it. I haven't found a replacement. For some of us, we really don't feel like we're worthy. And this can be in terms of us really in our goal setting. I find this to be the case in the dating relationships, in career, being able to home ownership or, or property or things because I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I have the skills. I don't feel like I'm of value. I don't feel like um, uh, these other people who are out there doing these things, they don't look like me. I see them as having skill sets and abilities and even appearances. I've had people tell me, well, they look like they know what they're doing. They look like they belong here. They show up in ways that I don't feel like I do, or so we shrink back. And so I don't launch, at, launch myself in a business because I don't really feel like I can. I don't feel like people would buy things from me. I don't feel like people would support me. I don't feel like I can have what I really want in that relationship because I don't feel like I'm worthy of receiving that. I haven't up until this point, and so why would I feel any different about that now? And so this lack of worth, and you all hear me talk about worth a lot because it really is underneath so many of our often destructive behaviors, but definitely that gets us in this repetitive pattern of being unhealthy is because I just don't feel good enough. I don't feel like I deserve it. The other interesting piece, so the biological piece of this 
is when we make decisions, we create basically neural pathways in our brain. So if you think about when you were younger, one of the things that people always said is don't cut through the grass because you cut through the grass, you can see that worn path where you've cut through the grass. Uh, mama used to say we have acid in our feet and it kills the grass. But that is what happens in our brains. As we make decisions, we create these pathways in our brain, right? So now if it's a good decision, that's great. This pathway back to this good decision. Hey, I want to take that again. The same, however, happens though, when I don't make a good decision, there's a pathway there as well. And what we know about pathways is that if there's one there, I'm going to take it. So oftentimes we're falling back into old patterns because there's already a path in our brain to that place. It's a comfortable place. I know how to get there. I know what that looks like. I know how to make that decision, even if it's not a good one. So how do we get out of these patterns? We've, we've talked about a, a variety of different things, some of them biological, some of them environmental, some of them emotional, because that's usually the case, right? So how do I address these things? Well, one of the things that I think is important is for you to realize which of those are actually affecting you. So what is it for me? Is it that I'm being impulsive in the decision making? I'm not thinking of the consequences. Is it that I have too many temptations around me and so I'm setting myself up essentially for failure? Is it that I've got some emotional things I'm not dealing with and so I'm going to these unhealthy patterns as a mechanism of coping? Is it that I really just don't have the skills in place to be able to do other things because I'm literally, these pathways have been there so long. Those are the only pathways I know how to use. So what is exactly going on with me in my quest to be able to get out of some of these unhealthy patterns. So oftentimes when we're trying to create new patterns, new pathways, if you will. So instead of cutting through that grass, cutting through the backyard, I know some of y'all were backyard cutters. Uh, this was before folks had a lot of fences and you could, uh, yards were connected. So folks are, uh, are, are cutting through yards or, or jumping fences as I was prone to do back in the day. Let me stop telling on myself. Um, then you need to create new pathways. And so instead of me beating myself up about a pattern that I've engaged in or something that I've done, instead I need to think about what do I want to do different? So let's say I do have a problem with running that credit card back up. I don't need to think about, girl, why you keep doing that? Or man, why you keep making all this debt? You're not gonna ever be able to reach your goals if you keep doing that. What I need to say to myself is, here's what I want to accomplish. So this month I wanna save X amount of dollars or this month I want to put X amount of dollars on that credit card or by this date I want to have this paid off by paying X amount of money each month to get there. And so one of the ways that we allow ourselves to create new pathways is because I'm talking to myself about a new goal and it does not matter if you have had a similar goal before. Think about it as a new objective and what are the things that I can put in place to help me create this objective. And sometimes that does mean I need to cut up those cards. People told me, put them in the freezer, put your cards in the freezer, because sometimes we have a hard time letting things go. I've talked to you all about that before we hoard things. So I have a hard time letting this go, but let me put it in the freezer. And so even though psychologically, that is a mind game, yes, because it still had a card and really, uh, it doesn't matter if I want to use it online, I can pull that out and that sucker still is going to work. But what it does is it creates a little bit of a barrier for me to access it so easily. Now you definitely can shred it, but I know if you all are as resourceful as you can be, you also know you can call them folks up and they'll give you account information. All you have to do is give them 
uh, your security information and they'll send you another one right out or give you that account number. You can go to the store and they can look it up, right? So we know that there are things, but it puts mechanisms in place where there's layers. And if there's layers to interfere with me making this decision again, then that slows me down because one of the things we know about decisions that aren't great is they're usually impulsively made. So if I can slow myself down enough to think about you're going through all of these steps to access this card that you're not going to be using in this way anymore because it's interfering with your goals. And so now I'm back to the rational side of my willpower that just allows me to stop. I always tell people, imagine a red stop sign. Stop. Let me think about it. You know what? Never mind. Put that item in that cart. Leave it there for 48 hours. When you come back, sometimes it's gone, so you can't even buy it. But then when you come back, you realize I was doing this at three o'clock in the morning. I don't need yet another pair of red shoes talking to myself. All right. Also, when we're thinking about our goals, they need to be clear, have steps and not be too big. We overwhelm ourselves with trying to make too many changes at one time. And as we talked about before, we can deplete our willpower. So if I am trying to concentrate on five goals, by the end of the day, I guarantee you, I'm not going to be able to manage all five of those goals, um, be able to manage the temptations for those goals and be able to work on healthy behaviors. So let me identify one thing at a time, a couple of things. Sometimes we can deal with a couple of goals, but let me make sure that they're reasonable. And often if they're connected, that's better. So if I'm exercising and I'm trying to watch what I eat, those things go together a little better than if I'm trying to work on an exercise goal, a financial goal, a relationship goal, a, a career goal, right? So I'm they're so all over the place that there's no way for me to be able to manage all of those things. Tracking is very important. I talk a lot about evaluating your plan. Is this working? Because sometimes things aren't effective. And what we end up doing is we just bail on them instead of actually revising them. So this is sometimes when we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves. Like I always think I can clean my house in a few hours. I've never been able to clean my house in a few hours. Ideally, I should be able to, should. But right, we know that the shoulds don't work. We know that there are things that something may take longer. I may need to take a break. I may have to make a phone call. So stuff comes up. And so why am I trying to uh, pigeonhole myself into three hours instead of, hey, let me finish a task. So what I'll do is I'm going to clean the two bathrooms. And then once I finish the two bathrooms, then I'll, so my vacuum and dusting and my washing clothes, whatever, right? So if I break things up into tasks instead, and I may say today I want to wash a load of towels or today I want to um, wash workout wear, then it's easier for me to do because it's a manageable task that I can complete. And we know when we complete things, what happens, right? We feel good. Like, hey, I got that done. Reinforces me to continue. The same thing is true when we're talking about tracking our behaviors and making sure our plan is actually effectively working. So I'll be able to do that if I have measurable goals, because oftentimes our goals are too big or too aspirational. There's no actual steps, which is another reason why we're unsuccessful and we fall back into those old patterns. So I need to make sure that I have reasonable, manageable and trackable goals in order to be able to get there. Yes, willpower is important, which means I have to train myself to increase my willpower. And one of the things that we need to do is just practice, right? So I talk to people about um, harm reduction, right? Sometimes we just, we need to stop things and it, I can't have 
a reduction type of approach to it. I just need to stop it. So if I'm out here drinking and driving, I don't need to like, oh, let me cut down the number of days to drink and drive. I just don't need to drink and drive. However, if I'm working on the goal of I want to cut down my drinking because when I'm drinking heavily, I don't make good decisions. Now that's a goal where I can use the harm reduction model. So I may step down from a case of beer on the weekend to, okay, well, let me cut it down to two six packs. And I just buy the two six packs. And so I tell myself, hey, once this is gone, this is gone. And so I, I'm probably gonna, that first weekend, I'm gonna push through those 12 drinks. Um, and yes, I know this is a, a, a very um, large amount of alcohol to be consuming at one time, but it's an example, work with me here, right? So I'm gonna run through those 12, probably gonna run through those 12 in one day because I'm used to having 24. And so I am going to have to, okay, so what are you gonna drink instead? Or I may realize, hey, when I get down to two, uh, okay, I need to really think about it. I don't get down to six. I need to think about rationing, right? So that allows me to be able to strengthen that willpower, to train myself over time, to be able to adjust to having 12 and being able to work with 12. Then I work with 12 for um, you know, a few weeks and then I start backing down to six, right? So I'm being able to reduce the amount of time I'm engaging in an unhealthy behavior that builds up willpower. For some people, they can cold turkey quit. I'm not going to do it. And again, they may have a genetic uh, predisposition toward more willpower. They may have strength in their willpower. You can't compare yourself to them. That's that honest assessment part. What does my willpower and self-control look like? And how do I want to work within my own cognitive restraints so that I make sure that I'm successful? Now, that doesn't give you an out like, oh, well, I'm just not real strong. So let me take six months to get started on cutting back a half or something. No, that means let me set a realistic goal and work toward it. And yes, it is going to be uncomfortable because change is uncomfortable. Otherwise, it would not be change. Um, so when you do have these things in place, that means you won't use up so much of your willpower with temptations around because I won't have all of these things around and I won't have all of these five and six and 10 and 20 goals I'm trying to reach at one time so that I'm allowed, I'm allowing myself to be able to effectively utilize the willpower I have while I'm trying to work on growing it. Consider things that could be triggers for you. Consider things that could interfere, barriers to you being successful. What is gonna happen? And what happens is somebody calls you and they say, girl, come on, go shopping with me. Now, you know you over here supposed to not be shopping. You're taking a fast from shopping. You're trying to get some stuff paid down because you've already extended yourself and you're in a credit card situation now. So how am I going to be able to handle that? When someone says, hey, you want to come hang out with us? We're going to the bars. Now, I know I'm supposed to be working on reducing my alcohol. And I have to really think about how am I going to manage that? Because I know when I'm around other people, I tend to drink more. So I have to be thoughtful about, uh, okay, if I'm not going to be able to be in a situation where I'm not going to be able to stick to that amount of alcohol I said when I'm around other people, then I may think about if, hey, you know what? I'm going to meet you all for dinner, then I'm going to come back home. Or, hey, I'll meet up with you all tomorrow. We can go, uh, go catch this game, right? So there are other opportunities for us to think about how am I going to handle this situation. When that person reaches out to you after hours and you know that they just looking for stuff that you said you wasn't going to be given right now, then how am I going to address that when I'm bored or I'm lonely or, or I have a sex drive, right? We're sexual beings. 
uh, or I want to engage in some sexual activity. And so here you are presenting yourself and I know that you're something or someone that's unhealthy, unhealthy for me. How am I going to address that situation? So you want to prepare yourself because what willpower won't allow you to do is create something in that moment. So you already have to have your strategies in place beforehand. Um, making sure that you are meditating, being mindful, strengthening that uh, mental resolve, the clarity, the, the, uh, the rational part of our brains. We have to work to strengthen that. And so it is important to think about consequences. It is important to, and this is the piece of you know, going back over old pathways, sometimes it's helpful to be able to see like, okay, what keeps tripping me up? Because when I think about what the negative consequences have been, how many times have you paid down this debt and running back up? Where could that money have gone? What could you have paid off? Where could you be financially if you had not done that? If you hadn't spent this time with this person and all this hurt and this pain that's associated with when you interact with them, how much healthier could you have been? How many less sleepless nights? How many days uh, you waking up feeling better? How many opportunities with other people could there have been to be supportive of you and encouraging you and actually give you what you need if you had not been keeping space for this person that was unhealthy. So it is important for us to think about the consequences because that builds our rational part of our willpower that is going to allow us to stop and think before we engage. So it's really important to do that and affirm yourself that worth and that value piece. I can't articulate enough the importance of affirmations. Because we, if we have this issue of worth, this underlying issue, I feel guilty, I'm embarrassed, I'm ashamed, I feel inadequate, I feel ill-prepared, don't feel like I measure up to other people because we engage in those comparison behaviors, then that is going to be present no matter if I implement those other things or not. And so I'm still going to fall back into these old patterns because I haven't addressed what's underneath that worth issue, that worth issue the emotional things that I've talked about that guilt, that fear, um, that, that uh, we get into this place where we don't know, that uncertainty. And so if I don't address the emotional piece and the worth piece, I'm going to still struggle. So I need to make sure that I'm affirming myself and I'm utilizing resources that are going to allow me to be strengthened in who I am and that I deserve to be in these places of healthy relationships, of healthy finances, of healthy career, of healthy uh, physical stature, whatever it may be that you're working toward. You can create joy. Happiness happens. You can create joy through healthy habits. So it's really important that as we're working toward increasing this willpower, we practice. Perfect practice makes perfect. So practicing that willpower is going to allow you to have the happiness that you absolutely deserve. Be well.